Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Major court ruling likely to come down while we're on the air today around one of the Trump trials and the chance the judge is going to set it for during the 24 presidential election, and that will be its own kettle of fish. That'll do. Open a can of worms. I don't know what it's, I don't know what's happening there, but it's uh, it's going to really make things spicy. Also, I I I think we are in for all sorts of drama and twists and oh. turns in all the cases purely revolving around scheduling i think it's going to be a madhouse or a can of fish or or worms or <laughs> well so the one in georgia that's got like 19 people involved or whatever oh, what a le- joke. yeah every legal expert i've heard say look that you just with that many people you can't get it happening when you want to this other trial, and I don't even remember which one it is, but it, it doesn't have all you know nineteen different people involved. Um, that the judge in D.C. is going to set the trial date for maybe this hour um, would be a lot more likely to happen on time. And so I don't know. Got a trial going on during a presidential election. Well, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that next year. But good God, all the pieces are coming together for making like twenty twenty seem like it was nothing. <laughs> In terms of the the uh, presidential race, and the I just can't wait till it's cool enough for me to wear my new Never Surrender Trump mugshot hoodie. <laughs> I saw somebody who got a got a great Trump mugshot tattoo. Covered, no, covered their whole bicep. Yeah, very cool. I didn't wow. see it in person. I saw it online. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, also, this is the best biggest week ever for the Loch Ness monster. We're finally going to nail that one down. So. Put a harpoon in the thing. If you've been, if you've been, if you've been into that story, they've, they've, to, this is the week. Um, the the whole cri- uh, Biden crime family, Ukraine, Burisma, Hunter thing. I have such worries about even talking about this, just because. D- 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 
is there a way to lay it out simply enough that people don't like, okay, whatever, too complicated, too many pieces, or nothing will ever happen, or will anything ever happen around this? I don't know. But the ball got moved further down the field over the weekend. Yes, you have thoughts on I, I that? Would, I would agree. The only thing I was going to say was the basic outlines of it until now-ish have been Hunter Biden was the point man selling access to the Obama-Biden administration and companies, foreign entities, paid a great deal of money to be able to be on the phone with high-priced or high-placed officials. It was well disguised, filtered through many LLCs and and plausible deniability. But the Bidens unquestionably grew very, very rich uh, because of the old man's connections. Now, though, it may be even more quid pro quoish than we'd thought, yeah. or so it could could be. So let's go back in time. This is back when Joe Biden was the vice president. Got sent over to Ukraine. There was a holdup and one billion dollars worth of aid. Joe Biden tells the story here. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to the press conference, said, no, nah. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Well, son of a bitch, the guy that got fired, Victor Shokin, did an interview over the weekend, and he believes, though he says he lacks direct evidence, but he believes that that President Biden and his son Hunter received bribes in exchange for forcing him out of office in 2016 when he got fired. Here's a little of that interview. I have no doubt that there were illegal activities engaged in by uh, Burisma. As a matter of fact, the criminal case had been started before me. The founder and CEO of uh, Burisma started bringing in people who could provide protection for him. Hunter Biden was uh, among them. And the corruption network expanded as a result. Just Okay, a quick comment to Fox News. Fox News, I do this for a living. You do this for a living. Go ahead and establish the guy speaking in his foreign tongue so we understand it's a translation. Then drop the audio level. That was making me insane last night, listening to that interview, because the guy speaking Ukrainian is almost as loud as the translation. you got two people talking to you at once. Well, and it's competing with all the other voices in your head. That's a lot of voices in one there's, head. There's, there's that. <laughs> So here's a little more. I don't want to repeat anything. So here's a little more of him with Brian Kilmeade, then we'll fill in any uh, gaps that you need. Evan Archer said you were a threat to Burisma. Do you agree? No. Yes. Yes, I agree. Why? Because you were going to find out what they were up to? Because he understood, and so did Vice President Biden, that had I continued to oversee the Burisma investigation, we would have found the facts about the corrupt activities that they were engaging in that included both Hunter Biden and David Archer and others. So could this be a guy who is actually corrupt, who's just pissed off that Joe Biden ruined his life by firing him and he wants to stick his thumb in the eye of the guy that, you know, uh, that did him dirty? Or... 
It's conceivable. It's it's conceivable. But the facts are, this guy Shokin was investigating Burisma. Burisma hires Hunter, pays him a million dollars a month for who knows what. I think it was a hundred thousand a month, wasn't it? Um, I think Shokin said a million. Well, oh, that's the public Which, part of it was the figure I'm talking about. But Shokin or Shokin claims it was uh, significantly more under the table. Yeah. Anyway, according, not to according to Shokin in the New York Post, which paid then second son Hunter Biden up to one million dollars. Oh, I'm sorry, per year. I'm sorry, per year. Okay. As a member of the uh, company's board, regardless, is a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not as much as a million a month, but a uh, million dollars a year for. And then so his dad goes over there and fires the guy that was investigating that company. I mean, so I said it's possible that a corrupt guy is just trying to get back at the guy that fired him. Okay. But it's also very possible, I'd say even more likely, that. You hired a a dude to protect you. His dad was vice president. Then vice president comes over and says, we're not giving you a billion dollars unless that guy who's investigating my son's boss gets fired. And of course they fired him because they needed the billion dollars. And before I went off on my distracting rant about audio levels, what uh, Shoykin said was that you, uh, 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 I got word that Burisma was spending a lot of money hiring people who could get in my way and run interference. The other really interesting revelation from that interview, which actually shocked Kilmeade, it was, it was sincere shock, was that nobody... Not the New York Times, not the WAPO, not the Alphabet Networks. Nobody had reached out to Victor Shoykin and said, what happened with this? Not a single person wanted to dig behind the Biden uh, narrative, which is, oh, no, we we got rid of him because he wasn't investigating enough. Now comes this. Devin Archer who was also on Burisma's board. So between Archer and Hunter, they made millions of dollars from Burisma. That is known, and quite possibly more that is not. Devin Archer met with Secretary of State John Kerry just a few weeks before Shoykin was fired in 2016. Met with the Secretary of State personally less than four weeks before the firing. Uh, a uh, Freedom of Information Act has yielded a bunch of emails and uh, and schedules. Here's one: Devin Archer coming to see S today at three hundred at uh, three p.m. S is in the secretary. Need someone to meet greet him at C Street. Uh, Fox News Digital can confirm that S refers to Kerry uh, based on multiple other email uh, communications. That's the way they referred to him. Um, Unclear what Archer and Kerry discussed at the meeting or whether Burisma came up in the conversation. But at the time of the meeting, Archer and Hunter Biden had been sitting on the board of Burisma for about two years. And then President Joe Biden recently wrapped up the trip where he threatened to withhold a billion dollars in aid if the Ukrainian officials didn't fire Shoykin, claiming he was too lax. A couple of weeks later, sure enough, Shoykin is fired and Burisma keeps on chugging. So Shokin says... Uh, the fact that Joe Biden gave away $1 billion in U.S. money in exchange for my dimis- dismissal, my firing, isn't that alone a case for corruption? I'm, I'm trying to, like, give the most benefit of the doubt here. Like, you, people would normally maybe make the argument that, 
well, he just, you know, he wants Trump to be president so that, no, every indication is Trump's going to be less friendly to the Ukrainian cause than Biden, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, so it's hard to see a motivation for, from that angle for this guy to make up a story. So Archer said in a closed-door interview with the House Oversight Committee in July that amid pressure from Shokin's office and other entities investigating Burisma, company leaders turned to Hunter for help. He went on to say that Hunter and Burisma executives called D.C., that's a quote, in December 2015, just days before the vice president's trip to Ukraine, to ask the Obama administration to help get Shokin fired. So Hunter and Archer called... Washington, D.C., saying, get this guy fired because the company that's paying us millions of dollars isn't being investigated hard enough. Right. That's what I'm being asked to believe. That just doesn't make sense. So this, as far as I could tell, got no coverage outside of Fox and the New York Post over the weekend. I'm sure that's true. Will it ever? Mm, very little. Now, th- well, so here's the next step. If, if Trump were not the nominee, it would get coverage. The next step is the Republicans are more likely after this interview this weekend to go through the whole impeachment thing with Joe Biden. And by the impeachment thing, I mean, you know, the investigation and all this and that and, and, and a lot of excitement on Fox and the New York Post, and then it'll go to a Democratic-controlled Senate and die. But does the media even cover an impeachment? Maybe they don't even cover the impeachment. They will, but in their usual way, the maniac Republicans have gone off the rails and look at the the stupid, crazy stuff they're doing. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how many people we have listening to us that are willing to give Joe Biden the benefit of the doubt or think this is a made-up Republican witch hunt. Or something like that, like um, you know, MSNBC and CNN seem to think. But you got to admit, I mean, isn't that at least worth looking into? The whole kid makes millions, dad fires the guy that might have interrupted the gravy train. You don't find that? And there are multiple emails they found in the CIA and the uh, State Department saying, "Hey, this guy's doing a good job." Shrekin himself. So no, that's that's not even worth looking at. Well, we'll find out more when the impeachment hearings start, maybe next month. Uh, None of this will matter, I suppose, if they discover the Loch Ness Monster today, which could happen. Um, And a new poll out about Joe Biden's age, among other things we can talk about. Lots to talk about today. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it may be time to break out that mask once again. You still have them around. Uh, the summer COVID surge is on the rise, and schools are obviously back in session, which what? doesn't help things. Yeah, yeah I can't listen oh, to that. What? Just, what do I know? You I'd break out this. your we mask. Got this, th- we got this email from Julie. Amusing meme I saw this weekend. I can't believe it's lockdown season already. I still have my climate change decorations up. (laughs) How great is that? That is funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So what about the Loch Ness Monster? Um, Hundreds are joining in the search this week. And they're going down with a special uh, submarine designed specifically to go deeper than anybody has ever gone before. About 300 have signed up to monitor a live stream for the search. It is the biggest gathering there's ever been there. And um, uh, the most attention the Loch Ness Monster has gotten in 50 years. So they think they're going to be able to finally determine what... uh, If there were a beast that lived there, it's in Scotland? Is that where it is? Correct. Yeah. Uh, if there were a beast that lived under there, wouldn't it have died? I mean, because this was a thing when I was a kid. Um, it depends on the beast, I Does suppose. Does it live, live forever? Does it exist? Let's start there. All right. Anyway. And so, is it delicious? I love fish and seafood. So this <laughs> So this is the week we'll finally know. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the clock. I don't think we have time to do Katie's dealio here. We got uh, no, two minutes? I, I would say we don't. We can no, try. Two, uh, two, no. two minutes is not long enough. It's not fair. All right, then. Not fair to Katie. Let me hear you with Sexism, this. misogyny. Uh, to do it or not to do it is the sexism to, or to, misogyny. To not do it. I'm, I'm switching because I'm joining with you. New associated poll out. 77% of Americans say Biden is too old to be effective for, 40, for four more years. True international average of pressure. So, and you, 23%, well, uh, presumably some portion had no opinion or weren't sure. Well, the, So you, few percentage you think he is, what are your standards? Well, the breakdown is uh, 89% of Republicans, but 69% of Democrats, so it's called 90 and 70. 
90% yeah. of Republicans, though, 70% of Democrats say he's too old to be effective for four more years. And that cuts across all age groups, not just young people. Hunter's legal problems, the emerging evidence with the Burisma thing, and age, declining physical and mental capabilities, he's not running. All right. So what do we got coming up, Joe? Jack, we have a couple of uh, stories about the state of the economy, specifically homeowners insurance. I think the country is headed toward a major insurance crisis. It's already really messed with the housing uh, markets in a number of different places. And not just like coastal Florida, which is about to get punched in the face again by a hurricane, or, uh, you know, Maui, just all over. Some mortgage rates are the highest they've been in decades, and you can't get insurance once you buy the house. Good times. Fantastic. And old, old Jerry Powell just said, oh, we'll be raising rates again. Don't you think we're not? Still too much inflation. Got to choke that economy a little harder. Ah. <laughs> Uh, Jerry Powell, you say. Uh, So if you miss an hour of the show, we do four. Get the podcast. Subscribe to it. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I just saw for the first time the World Cup kiss controversy. The coach that kissed the player and had lost his job. Yeah, I haven't seen that video. What'd you think? The Spanish soccer coach looked like a nothing to me. Unless I, I mean, unless it was poorly edited or a bad angle, but it just, it just. I mean, I would never do that, but it didn't. Well, well they're, they're, they're Euros, Euros with their strange Euros ways. 
Like, we won! Yay! Kiss on the cheek! Okay. You didn't, like, hold her down and I stick thought she was going to turn mouth. more a little bit. I got her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I caught a little lip here. I think we're all okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You know, that's, that's funny you should bring that up. And, and d- 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 don't get me started, he says as he starts. It became clear to me in doing some reading and watching and uh, it being pointed out to me uh, by somebody who's clearly brighter than I am that so much of the pro-trans thing, the, the, the nutty end of it, consists of shouting down women and telling them to shut up, put up with it, and, and, and so-called trans women shouting down women? And so many activist dudes shouting down women. There is unquestionably a really uncomfortable, you'll shut up and know your place, being delivered toward women. Hmm. Anyway, uh, here's what we're going to talk about instead. I I will tell you this, and one one of the things we were chatting about during the the commercial break was Vivek Ramaswamy. We're going to play a little tape of him on, was it Meet the Press? One of your unwatchable Sunday shows. Um, and, and his debate performance, blah, blah, blah. I, I've got to admit, it bothers me a little bit that he's as young as he is. Uh, now, I'm not advocating for 80-year-olds in the White House on either side. Um, but uh, these stories are about the real estate um, situation, specifically in terms of homeowners insurance. And I, I've... Uh, I've bought and sold a bunch of different houses, lived in a bunch of different places. I was a partner in a real estate business for several years. And it's it's one of my hobbies. It's weird, I know, but to follow real estate values and see what they're doing and just look at the market. Uh, and it, one thing I can tell you without fear of contradiction is stability or predictability in real estate markets is a rarity. And it doesn't last very long. There's always something nutty about to happen. Now, if you're in, like, suburban Terre Haute, Indiana, that's less true than if you're in Coral Gables, Florida, or, or you know, the Bay Area, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, or something like that. But things are constantly changeable. And to get back to Vivek, he's been successful at everything he's done. Like, wildly so. I trust more a man or a woman who's had ups and downs who's seen a market disappear under their feet, known some disappointments, seen some friends pass away, just the life experience in general. Mm. You can be as smart as hell, but wisdom comes slowly, even to the smartest among us. Yeah, just in general, uh, getting away from Vivek, but yeah, until you've had... Something go south on you, either financially or your health or something, your kids. Something where, okay, I did all the things you're supposed to do and things still went to hell. Okay, so that can happen. Because prior to that, it's easy to believe that, no, I I got this figured out. You do this, you do that, you get this result. You do this, you do that, you get that result. Eh, Mm -hmm. Don't always work that way in all areas of life. Well, and dude who runs the Joe Getty Quotes Twitter account, uh, include this one because uh, I've said it before, and, and every time I say it, it's a little painful, but it is absolutely true. Every time in my life I've been humbled, it turned out to be a good thing, eventually. Mm. Though it, it can feel like a gut punch. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the eventually on a big one, so. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how that. I don't know how long in the future I got to wait for that. Maybe my deathbed. <laughs> here's here's another Joe Gettyism. Sometimes you just get screwed. 
Yeah, which is a good thing to acknowledge also. Anyway, it's not an ironclad argument. It's just an observation about, uh, you know, several of the things we've been chatting about coming together in my head. Having said that, uh, homeowners insurance is about to change a great deal. And in this weird, weird real estate market we're in, in which interest rates are high, which ought to put downward pressure on prices, inventory is so low because people are trapped in their mortgages because they can't move because their rate is so low, which is choking off supply, which is artificially propping up prices. This is so weird. And in waltzes, a giant homeowner's insurance crisis. Now, it's most extreme in your wild, fiery parts of the West or your hurricane-ish sections of the East. But they're talking about uh, average homeowner insurance premium for Floridians has tripled in five years from a little under two grand a year. This is the average now from about two grand to six grand a year in five years. An extreme case, no doubt, but the national trends are moving in that direction, too, uh, especially in Cal Unicornia and places like that. But uh, the bad news is if you are in suburban Terre Haute, Indiana, and your company gets hit with billions and billions of dollars of losses on the coasts, they might just pull out of the coasts, but you're going to share in propping them up with higher rates. So it's affecting everybody. True. That makes sense. Without... You know, we'll post this article. If you want to read in depth, uh, it's from the Wall Street Journal. We'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com. It's got a lot of examples and, and stats and that sort of thing. But uh, And then they, a few days later, the journal also published this story. Americans are bailing on their home insurance. They're increasingly foregoing home insurance, gambling that the likelihood of disaster isn't high enough to justify you, the cost of the policy. Can you do that and keep your mortgage? No. No. You must own your home. Or I suppose if you if you have the financial assets to cover the rest of the mortgage, so so I'm people, sure how that works exactly. So people who have their homes paid off aren't. Uh, so it's like being a healthy young person and you're rolling the dice on health insurance. Right. They call it going bare. Twelve percent uh, of homeowners in the U.S. don't purchase homeowners insurance. Wow. Um, and about half of them have a household income of less than forty thousand dollars. If a homeowner has a mortgage and doesn't purchase insurance, the lender will typically buy lender-placed insurance for that property. Lender-placed insurance is generally more expensive than the homeowner's coverage they'd buy for themselves. I guess the the problem is you have to prove you have insurance to get the mortgage, but then if you cancel it and just give the uh, the bank the middle finger salute, what are they going to do? Yeah, but I they have a $600,000 property uninsured that they own, you know, 80% of, they'll buy the insurance themselves, I guess. But I don't know how what experiences y'all have had with homeowners insurance, but my experience and some of my friends has been you're paying it your whole life, and then the time you need to go use it, they say, yeah, this doesn't count. Why doesn't this count? It just doesn't. What? <laughs> well, we're going to pay you a we're going to pay you a pittance. Sue yeah. us if you like. Yeah, exactly. So my whole life I've been thinking if I ever need to replace the roof because of something, I thought you'd know. Oh, okay. So well, and and and, and everybody, fire up your uh, motor vehicle. We're going to jump on the road to good intentions here. It's well paved. <laughs> um, so various states uh, have, well, I think all states have uh, established insurance commissions in their state, which regulate what insurance companies can do because they are because they have you in such a vulnerable spot. 
uh, for the reasons we've described. And so there are rules and regs that govern what they must pay, what they can't pay, what their uh, rates have to be, etc. But then... As we hit, uh, you know, 70 miles per hour on the road to good intentions, these uh, insurance commissions become incredibly politicized. So, for instance, in the state of California, the insurance companies were saying, dudes, we're having enormous losses. Uh, We're losing money like crazy. We're not going to write any new policies unless you let us raise our rates. And especially during COVID, the thoroughly crooked uh, insurance commission in Cal Unicornia said, nah, that'd be politically bad for us, so we're not going to let you do it. So, speaking of giving the finger, the insurance company said, well, go to hell, we're leaving California. So that's become an increasing crisis on the West Coast. But one more note on the abandoning your homeowner's insurance. Did you have a comment on that? I mean, oh, well, we don't well, need back, to plow ahead. Back when there still were insurance companies in California, I did have the experience of getting dropped once after making a claim and, uh, and told the insurance people on the phone after they sent me the letter saying I'd been dropped. I called them. I was quite unhappy saying, you know, if you had told me ahead of time that making a claim, a perfectly reasonable claim was going to cause me to lose my insurance, I wouldn't have made a claim. I would have just paid it out of pocket. Yeah. So you don't tell people that? Be nice you to mention that. Humana, humana, humana. Like any other right. business on earth would do. Anyway, uh, so I thought this was significant. If you're thinking, yeah, yeah, you know what? I got some money in the bank. I got a $500,000 house. I got $800,000 in the bank. These insurance companies, these bastards are ripping me off anyway. And I don't even know if they'll pay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, they point out, if you don't have insurance and your home is destroyed by fire, for instance, you don't just lose your house and its contents. You you also have to pay for removing the remains of the house. Oh, my God. And the ashes and everything else, as well as the costs to rebuild it, which have... Uh, skyrocketed in recent months, oh, uh, right. which reminds me, one of my favorite themes on this topic is if you read about this in the New York Times, they will always say, yeah, insurance costs have risen because of climate change and climate disasters. And then if you're reading it in the Wall Street Journal, who actually interviews the insurance companies, imagine that. They'll tell you, oh, it's skyrocketing construction costs. Yeah, we're seeing a few more disasters than usual, but it's 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 replacement costs that have gone up. So anyway, I don't know what's going to be done about it, how quick and effective it will be. But uh, and, and I'm not here to just make people worried. But yeah, homeowners insurance could become more of a challenge going forward. Oof. So Ron Rob DeSanctimonious or Ron DeSantis uh, had the biggest crowd they've ever had at a particular county in Iowa over the weekend. Which now you know you know how the pundits like to build you up, tear you down, then build you back up. Has got people building them back up again. I thought he was pretty effective in the debate. Uh, that's fine. They're going to caucus at some point, right? Stop threatening us. Caucus. Go ahead and caucus. Well, next next January, yeah. We got another debate in a month. Um, I feel like um, Nikki Haley has uh, worn well from the debate the other night as, as the echo chamber has gone on and on. Her being willing to say, hey, look. People, I'm with you on the abortion thing, but if we want to win blank and hey, everybody, I hate the debt, too, but we're spending a lot. That was some pretty courageous stances there. You don't see that much in the modern politics. Yeah, I happened to see a uh, a compilation of clips from the debate the other night. I didn't move fast enough to grab the remote control, but um, (laughs) they had Nikki saying we need to find consensus on this. And pass something that works. And Mike Pence, with his stentorian, it's 1880s approach, saying, 
consensus is the opposite of leadership. And I thought, okay, that might like look good on a mug or a poster. But that's an idiotic thing to say <laughs> in a representative wow. republic. Wow. That's, 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 that's words strung together. That, that's an idiotic thing to say. Consensus is the opposite of leadership? No, leadership gets you to consensus, yeah, Maroon. Of course, he's just trying to become a hero of the super hardcore pro-life uh, folks. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is uh, the fabulous JT uh, in Livermore analyzed debate, and I remember it stuck in my head. One thing he said in his email was that, uh, there are idea people and leadership people, and a number of the candidates had some pretty good ideas. But the two who came off as I can lead people and get things done were uh, were Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Hmm. Two governors. Yeah, they were the sort of people that had the, here's what we're going to do, feel to them. Who could uh, point you in the direction of the best all-you-could-eat sausage buffet? Just it just sausage. So that's interesting. <laughs> Katie Green will hit us with some headlines coming up next. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, headless, now you're on my mind. Greens things. No? I'm shaking my head sadly. I realize this is radio. Welcome to the lead story with Katie Green, who's sipping coffee. Here she is. All right, top headlines today. First one coming from Washington Times. White House promotes Bidenomics on 60th anniversary of March in Washington. Okay. 60th anniversary of the uh, I, I Have a Dream right. speech. 
And the dream is Bidenomics now? (laughs) From the New York Times, not over yet. Late summer COVID wave brings warning of more to come. Yeah, I don't know. They got these new variants out there. I got sicker than heck for a week. Maybe I'm an outlier. I don't know. Do whatever you want. I I got a couple of friends uh, just got over the vid themselves. Ugh. Are you wearing a mask anywhere? No. Neither am I. From the Wall Street Journal, the world is contemplating a second Trump administration. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, you said? Mm-hmm. I might have to read Yeah, that. I read that. It was it was pretty interesting, just in the various capitals, uh, what they have at stake and what they're anticipating Trump might uh, say slash do. Well, when you see those polls that it's a coin flip right now, yeah, I suppose you ought to be prepared for the possibility. From the San Francisco Chronicle, quote, I'm constantly under threat. Homeless women in San Francisco share stories of survival and resilience. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's got to be a rough lifestyle. Politico. First test in Georgia versus Trump. Can prosecutors keep home court advantage? Uh, yeah, I was just reading about the wranglings. The complexity of this stuff is is un- incomprehensible, even for the lawyers involved, which is why just let me know when you decide something. I'm not going to be following it. From NBC News, Biden advisors bristle at Gavin Newsom's plan to debate DeSantis. Oh, really? They don't like it? They don't like the idea. Huh. Just because, Mm. like on the heels of the poll we mentioned a little bit ago, when you got 80% of the country thinking Biden's too old, they don't want Gavin Newsom out there and having a whole bunch of Democrats saying, um, why is he not our nominee? Yeah, this yeah is according cr- to my sources, the plot is that uh, that they make the announcement that Biden's not running down the road at some point, f- fall, winter, spring. Um, and maybe they think Gavi's just being premature because a very, very, very good source said in camp, in Gavin's camp, Team Gavin, they consider it a given he's running in 24. Mm. And they're saying in the subheadline here, it's particularly... Kamala Harris's allies that are annoyed at this move of Gavin oh, going to the I'm sure spotlight. they are. <laughs> that I get. Yeah. Right. No, I'm still trying to <laughs> to prove that proving is trying to prove today what we are doing. Well said, Kamala. Right. Can't Kamala. Daily Mail. Moment Nevada Rangers plow truck through Extinction Rebellion protest after activists block road to Burning Man. Wow, that's quite a headline. Yeah. The video of this is fantastic. I'll put it up on armstrongandgetty.com. There's these protesters across the road, and the cops had just had enough, and you just see this this pickup just go straight through Oof. their protest line. Um, not not into the people, but into the truck they were using to block the road. Right, so, oh, okay. But, yeah. so, but so Burning Man's a bunch of hippies, so who is protesting? Somebody, was, they were protesting Burning Man? They're protesting corporate America's involvement in Burning Man. Oh, okay. Because so now they, they have the Google camps and all that. Okay. They're hippier than thou. Gotcha. Uh, d- make sure you save time for Babylon Bee or The Onion. Do you have one of those? Because I always love that. That's my favorite. And finally, from the Babylon Bee, liberal dies on toilet while waiting CDC guidance on how to wipe. Oh, oh wow. That was rough. Unfortunate. Huh? Yeah, we're going to have a meeting off the air. Earthy headline. <laughs> that, was, that was rough. <laughs> You are welcome. There are some uh, rumblings that we might have more guidelines coming from the CDC or certainly various states about masks and distancing and schools and whatnot as some of these new variants are catching hold. And uh, the 
I don't know if you have to be conspiratorial to think this. Oh, wouldn't that be handy to have another lockdown while the ancient Joe Biden is about to run for president so he could say he won't be having events because of COVID, not because I'm too old to shuffle onto the stage and know where I am. Checking just to be sure. Yes, indeed, I am a full-grown man. I am capable of protecting my health in the way I see fit. If you would like to make suggestions, oh, Uncle Sam of Washington, D.C., feel free. But you and your mandates can go straight to hell. I'll tell you what, this new variant, if it's true that it gets around immunity, whether it's the vaccine or your natural immunity, they're going to be making the argument for bringing back the lockdowns, no doubt. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how people react. But again, politically, I think it will give Biden the excuse to campaign from his basement again. Oh, boy. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. You should subscribe. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.